0: Hello, everybody. My name is Lori Wood Spears, and I'm a certified mediator and certified divorce coach specialist. And I'm here again today with my friend and former client, Miss Shannon, who's agreed to come humor me and talk with me for this hour because we enjoy talking together so much. And we've decided that we're not even going to focus on a topic, we're just going to have a genuine conversation about anything divorce related or anything else that comes to our mind. And we're just going to see where the conversation takes us. Shannon, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Good morning.
1: Happy to be back as always. Oh, so happy to have you.
0: I think last podcast we left off and we had just kind of ventured into dating after divorce. Uh And I know that that is a topic in itself. Mm -hmm. There are so many facets of that. And we can talk about what the and pull even looks like in worst case scenario, but we'd have to throw in some positives so we don't scare the hell out of people. But before we jump in today, I wanted to go back and kind of talk about the decision to divorce. Sure. Cause it is such a hard one. And a lot of people think about it for months, if not years mm-hmm. before pulling the trigger and they live this kind of stressed out. Do I don't I? Should I, shouldn't I? Yeah. Um, and then the fear of what it will look like after divorce to the fear of having that conversation I know myself personally, I thought about it for years and was on the fence. And then one day I found myself, and I can't even believe I'm saying this on a recording, thinking maybe it'd be nicer if he didn't come home. It'd just be easier. <laughs> and I thought, if you're wishing that upon somebody else, yeah. you probably should get the hell out. And maybe that's your answer yeah. right then and there. And I know many people feel that way, but I felt terrible. I don't wish anybody ill. Sure, You know, certainly I didn't want that to happen, but I was such a chicken to just, I kept what ifing myself to death. And it was such a major decision because I took marriage so seriously that divorce was even more serious. And the decision to was, and you're doing that alone. You're not telling your partner, you're not getting them, their input. So it's all in your own head. And it was just really difficult. But that was kind of my turning point where I thought if I'm wishing somebody harm, just so I don't have to be a brave girl or put on my big girl pants, it's probably the answer that I was looking for all along.
1: Yeah. How about you? Do you remember that phase and what it took and how long you thought about it? There's going to be some, like, dirty secrets that come out because... That's all right we were, I, we're yeah, just Me. yeah I, I relate with that 100 because to me it was i was so caught up in how it looked from the outside in right. and you know both our families had you know had were, our parents were still married divorce really wasn't a big part of like our i guess our family dynamic so you were kind of the trendsetter in this area which yeah, is not so it was like, yeah yeah like we had both i think we had always said, or like when things got hard, we always said like, you know, like that is not on the table. Like we, we don't get divorced. We're not people that get divorced. Wow. And so in your head, right, you're, you keep thinking, well, what happens if we, you know, what happens if I do get divorced? Like I'm a failure. I'm going to look, you know what I mean? Like it's like the, it's like what society thinks of (laughs) the people who were married, the people who were divorced, whatever it is. It just was like that sort of stain, right. Of being divorced. And so I think that that's what drove so much of me wanting to stay because because it was like, it didn't matter what happened. Like I would make this work no matter what. Because that's what you were trained to do. That's what you grew up with. No matter
0: divorce and making the decision to divorce is so difficult anyway. And you had the added pressure that it's not acceptable in our family. Yes. We just don't do that. And what does it look like if I'm the first one that does? What does that say about me? that that is difficult
1: and so I think when things started to get really really tough it was I was also I think be, becoming self-aware of the reasons why I wanted to stay and it really had nothing to do with still being in love or loving or whatever it was it was like I haven't had children yet we just bought a house I love my in-laws like it just was everything it was the easier right to reason stay, right and so I think those like dirty secret thoughts that I would have was sometimes I would literally like lay in bed and I'd be crying. And I would say to myself, sometimes I just wish that he would do something so unforgivable that I'd have no choice but to leave. And I literally would sit there and say, I just wish he'd cheat on me i wish he'd have an affair i wish he would do something because it would just be easier to leave it would make the decision easier it would make the decision easier because then it wouldn't be on me i would have no choice but to and it would be acceptable in that circumstance
0: yes and that's interesting because i know your circumstances and we've talked about it here there was infidelity mm-hmm. and when you were laying in bed thinking those thoughts or or trying to manifest that yeah was that before you even were aware of the infidelity yes so you and and you're not responsible for this but they say what we think about we bring about yeah and so you kind of got what you wished for but it probably didn't impact you oh no that you thought yeah of course you're going through it and you're like (laughs) "F this like (laughs) this is so painful right and you still even knowing the infidelity still contemplated staying And trying to work things out for however brief a moment it was yeah but it's not that easy you know I I confess that I my husband started to we lost we had a lot of loss in our marriage not only were we raising a teenager that's difficult on the best of day Mm -hmm. we lost his father suddenly and unexpectedly right before we got married like within a few days yeah and then we lost my stepfather. My mom got breast cancer. We lost his mother. There was just so much loss. And I think after the loss of his mom, and he had always socially drank and this and that, I kind of kept him on the straight and narrow, you know, made sure we were okay. But he just, he didn't turn in. I didn't turn in and he turned to drinking mm. and it became a real problem. And he was, you know, what was once, I'm just going to stop at the bar and have a beer a few nights a month and then come home. Yeah turned into every night and i told him that bar is going to be the death of our marriage it just is
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he chose to do that and so sometimes he would come home and i think wouldn't it just be easier if yeah and i thought oh my god <laughs> so for you i mean me mine was the and i just cringe every time i think about me thinking that because it's not who i am it's not what i want but you had similar thing because we yeah. were both too scared to pull the trigger and make it a, de- a painful decision yeah well, who can you
1: like like you said, who can you tell that to? Nobody. Not a person I've only recently like started like admitting that to myself so that I could share that with like my sister or like some of my close girlfriends, of just like these were the thoughts that I had like early on. And I think um this past weekend I was with a bunch of my girlfriends. We're drinking wine. So of course, just like, blah, you know, things start to come out. <laughs> oh yeah, it's much easier. Everyone makes like courage. Yes, yes, yes. You know, they're all married, they're all kids or whatever. And so I think the husband bashing, you know, usually is a part of that or whatever. And so I think we just kind of started talking about like whatever things that happened in our marriages and things that bothered us or whatever. And, you know, one of my friends had asked me like, well, like when did things start like kind of getting bad? And I said, the year we got married and because I remember and my friends had said they said we remember you we caught a glimpse of you basically saying how hard that first year was and there was like a million different factors it really wasn't just like oh I stopped loving him or whatever right it's never started new careers like it just you know we stopped spending time together there was a lot of pressure to start having a kid and so but I remember I'm thinking like really that first year of marriage it was like it just went downhill from there Um, I, I had some medical stuff happening and so that was another factor but it was like ever since that first year of marriage it just was like of course there's good times but sure it just was a steady deal <laughs> you know and you think about it like for so long you're like you get to a place where there's a fidelity and you're making the decision to you know divorce or whatever but you're like wow it's actually been like six years of just crap right and it's not that one incident. and first of all i no, want to just say not. yeah
0: thank you so much because you have been so open and sure. so brave and it's I'm ashamed of having that thought. And I know that I'm not alone in that thought. Yeah. You had a different thought, but we all want somebody else to to make the decision easier when it's (laughs) so painful or when we're stuck in our own head, because like you said, you cared about your in-laws to the outside couple, your marriage just like mine looked great on paper. Yeah. And you don't want to let anybody into that private space that you're going in when it's not positive, nor do you want to necessarily bring about or trash the other person. Yeah. But it's not as simple of just I fell out of love. It sounds like you had a lot of change. There's a lot of stress on your marriage. And a lot of people, when you're together with somebody, everybody's asking you, when are you going to get married? When are you going to tie the knot? Then the minute you get married, if you're younger and marrying, especially if it's your first marriage, well then when are the kids going to come? Yeah. And it's never like you can just sit in that moment without pressure. Yeah, so you take that outside influence, job change, Mm -hmm. maybe death of loved ones like I went through, um, any outside stressors, and you compile that. And then if you guys don't turn into each other, Or find a healthy way to cope with the change together. You're just in for a real shit show.
1: I mean, you are. Oh, it was a recipe for disaster. Right, but it was like trying to defy the odds, especially in the type of work that he was in. I mean, think about fifty percent divorce rate in society, and it's even higher with what you know what he did for work. And so you're also trying to like prove that you're not going to be a part of that. You're not going to be that. There's going to be that statistic, right? Because I mean, it just it's yeah, like it's almost like somebody basically telling you before you get married, like you're already set up for, failure. right. And you're like, okay, but I'll do better. You know, we'll be better. We're stronger than that. And then so many of, you know, his coworkers, we would find getting divorced, having affairs. And so it was like, and the norm was
0: to do that in his line of yeah, work, not so, just to have, this, I mean, a, a great marriage with no jelly sure. is kind of like unheard of in that yeah. they're the unicorn. And it's just so rough because you've got all this outside pressure. And then of course, people look at divorce as a failure. Yeah. Or they look at you with that. And I just, it was hard that. I'm so sorry that that look that you get when people feel bad for you. So when I chose to divorce and it was amicable and I said, I spent years thinking about it. And then I was so worried about what his reaction that it would break him. And he actually handled it fine. So I didn't know that he was, I don't think he was thinking about divorce, but it, it wasn't like it was so great. He was wanting to try and save it. Yeah. But when we decided that, and after a few people looked at me with that, Oh, poor you thing, or I equated it to looking at me like I was a failure. I changed hairdressers, nail people, Uh, Stop talking to certain friends for no fault of their own, just shut myself off from the world because I didn't want to admit or share my story of what had happened because I was ashamed.
1: Oh, 100%. Because
0: there was no infidelity. Mm -hmm. There was no real reason why. It just wasn't working. We weren't happy. We chose to do different things and handle trauma different ways. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now I look back and it was the best decision for both of us. Sure. He's a really great guy. But even though I made the choice and we went through it amicably the first few months after it, all you look back and remember is the good stuff you have. And then you're freaking out because the choice you just made. I mean, there's so much to the decision. Totally. Do you remember? And and I know that you found out you guys had tossed the gay
1: word around. Yeah. I think we, I mean, even towards the end, it was like, I don't want, but I think he would like specifically say like, that's not what I want. And so you're, so it just like, it becomes this mind, you know, F-U-C-K. I was going to say you had to be really confused because really what you were saying is actions well, weren't yes, necessarily lighting you know, up. I mean, towards the end too, there were so many inconsistencies where it was like, i was so suspicious and feel like if anything that I've learned is like that women's intuition, you listen to it and you go about it the anything, right way with With anything. anything but it was like, you know, I'm so suspicious. I'm, you know, there's just things that are not adding up. And so finally, you know, had this big blowout fight or whatever, he, you know, he left. And then there was some other stuff happened where I confronted the person that he was you know without going into too much detail. Right. Um, Right. Yes. There was a moment that I unfortunately confronted them. And, um, and that's when I actually had a conversation with one of his family members. Because I was like, I, I like, I am shocked. I don't know what to do in this moment. And that person said, "Shannon, divorce him." His family, yes. I won't say who it is, right? No, Someone no, no. In family said, "Shannon, you need to divorce him. Like he needs to just set you free." And I like yeah, that sticks with me because you know that that person saw or observed or whatever also felt like things were off. They're supposed to be blindly loyal to their family. Yes. And what Shannon walked away, brave, divorce him, let him set you free. You don't deserve it. That's amazing. I can see what impact it has even to this day
0: because that's his side of the family. Again, supposed to blindly support him, but they were brave enough and cared about you enough to take your feelings into consideration because here's another thing that happens. You know, there was stuff that happened. No infidelity. And again, he's not a bad guy. But when you divorce amicably, let me go back a little bit. A lot of people, when they get divorced, they cannot wait to trash the other party and sure. lay labeling. And it makes it even more difficult when there's kids because they can be used as pawns, The sure. they can be brought into the adult issues and they shouldn't. And that's one of the things that I, with my clients, I, I just have such a hard time with and want to help them not do that. <laughs> but it's, you, you have all this anger or guilt or jealousy or whatever it is. And it's so easy just to turn into this, <laughs> yeah. You know what he did? I just trashed the other person, and it's it's harmful not only to them, but to us. Yes. And I know that you didn't do that. No, you I was were embarrassed. very, I was so embarrassed. Right. Because you thought it was a reflection on you, but you also are not the kind of person that kind of ran out spewing all this stuff. You were, you handled it very respectfully. Yeah. Whether that yeah. was a
1: choice or just who you are down deep. I had, I think, even maybe um, like subconsciously, I had actually deleted my, all of my social media because you just, again, you feel like the embarrassment of having to be like, you're married to this person on Facebook, right? And then at some point you're going to have to- Right, not you got to change that status. What my, you know, I, there's so many times that I would see people on Facebook or Instagram and all of a sudden they stop posting pictures of their spouse and all of a sudden their name changes. And then all of a sudden, you know, and it's like- okay. And all the pictures- that We all know what happened, end, right? And honestly, like, I, I just think at some point I was like, you know what, shit's probably going to hit the fan. So probably six months before everything got really, really bad, I had actually deleted all my social media because I just was, I was so embarrassed- of how things like were in my marriage that like, yeah, it was, it was, I was completely embarrassed. So you, for something that I didn't, you know, I mean, like again, I will always say I was never perfect in marriage, but when you get to infidelity, it's like you're embarrassed for something that you don't even do.
0: No, it really, um, I think, do you think that's a a woman thing that we, um, because I know that when your partner has infidelity, it makes, us feel less than
1: yeah why am i not good yeah why wasn't i good
0: enough and then we find ourselves comparing to that other person and that in itself and most people or i've heard doctors or psychologists and i can't quote anybody and i'm not a doctor (laughs) so don't quote me but they say it's not about you yeah him going there is more to do with him but as women number one it makes us feel less than And then creates all these other insecurities. But then we are ashamed because by telling somebody that our spouse stepped out, now they're going to look at us as less than, Yeah. well, why weren't you good enough? Yeah. And then I feel like they're going to size sizing us up. Well, are you the right body type? Are you the right blah, blah, blah? blah. Did you keep? And it's it's something that we have to try and overcorrect because there is nothing about you that's not amazing. I mean, you are beautiful or not you are beautiful but that really isn't what matters yeah i mean clearly there's all reasons that people cheat a lot of men because they aren't getting enough attention at home and it's not even that we're not giving it to them it's just not the butterflies that may be used to whatever it is yeah it has zero to do with the way we look and I'll say it again it has zero to do with the way we look but that's the first thing that we go to
1: well and that's like over time that sort of transition into I'm actually really embarrassed for both of them (laughs) because I mean I could there's so much that I want to blame her for but at the same time I can guarantee that he was probably lying to her just as much as he was lying to me and so it's hard for me to fault her, but at the same time, it's like, I'm actually more embarrassed for, um, for them. I believe they're still dating at that, like currently, but it's like, but to start a relationship like that, that, that like, I feel bad for her. I feel bad for him that like, it's just a, you're starting on just a web of lies and a really, really rocky foundation. I want to go back and just commend you
0: because a lot of times when a spouse cheats, we are so angry and hateful towards the person they're cheating with. Yeah. When we don't know how Yeah. they came to be there, if there was manipulation, yeah. if there was deception, if they thought he was single. Not that once if they do find out that they're married, it's excusable. Yeah. but really it's our spouse that we had the commitment with yes they signed the marriage license they stood at the altar they made yeah. a promise this outside person which more often than not we direct all this hate and i have yeah. seen some
1: crazy stuff in retribution she was fed just as many lies and so it's like how can i i mean of course i think there is still a part of me that you know i i well, you're not just be being friends. No no, with her. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but you I mean, you have to be pretty stupid not to like really understand the real like situation. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, the only person I can be mad at is him or disappointed in or whatever it is. Because at the end of the day, like he had all the information. I just think that he was withholding a whole lot. I'm sure there was probably, oh, I, I left her a long time ago. We're already divorced. We've been I mean, separated for a year. I mean, yeah. yeah but that's just, just very involved of you because it's so
0: hurtful that some and we are not our feelings we have them and what we choose to do with them is is who we are yeah but sometimes we cannot see past them yeah and then you you insecurity anger jealousy hurt all of that stuff and it's like an emotional tsunami and people lose their minds yeah and they do things that maybe is hurtful to others or that later their regret but to to sit here and i know that it's been a while since your divorce but it hasn't been that long we're not five years out we're not 10 years out where you've had a chance to self-reflect you have gone through this process and always conducted yourself with just such grace and um really and forgive me everybody forgive me um it's just refreshing that you are in control of your emotions you still experience them you still allow yourself to feel them yeah but you
1: don't project them on anybody else no I try I mean I my bless my family and my my close friends but yeah there was like a lot of times that I wish that I mean because I had a very very good relationship with my in-laws and literally after that we have not spoken one word to each other and that's got
0: to be so difficult it's the same way for for mine and I don't think that we had quite the relationship that you did. And certainly whatever family member was brave enough to tell yeah. you, do what you need to do. He needs to set you free yeah. to have that. It's family. Mm-hmm. So you're not just, when you go through a divorce, you're not just divorcing that person. You're yeah, divorcing the entire your family. family. And 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 you're like you're marrying them and your now family. you're divorcing them. Yeah. And so, and it's most people, feel like they have to pick sides or they don't want to cross that line or they probably miss you just as much as you miss them but they don't know how to navigate this thing or if they're going to upset him by reaching out to you or blah 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 and so it's so difficult i just leave it alone i mean that's just i do know that we had conversations um in our coaching sessions that that was a real struggle for you oh totally to get past and it still is yeah (laughs) And I mean, you can see me too. I down. can see the impact. I miss them terribly. That's just the thing. When you love people and you're close to people, that love doesn't go away because you sign a piece of paper. Totally. Um, whatever that is. And so it's in any relationship when there's a breakdown. Yeah. And there's no contact. It's there's and I and I dislike the word closure because I yeah. think. That people throw it around and there's not necessarily <laughs> anything i mean our feelings just don't necessarily go away or follow the same timeline as yeah. the breakdown of any relationship and so we're left struggling with what to do with them yeah. and how to get past it and for you the choice was to let it let it be let it go not reach out because yeah. i think that you thought that might be a little more painful for you than not or how would it be yeah just, if it just wasn't wasn't something that you wanted to do yeah
1: well, and the family member that I spoke to basically had, had kind of said, cause I said, you know, he, he's going to crash and burn. Like I just, I know his personality and like who was always the person that picked him up when, you know, I, I was always the person that was there basically. So you still to responsible you know, hit the fan And I don't know how stable he's going to be, you know, like everyone's going to find out Well, you know, there's going to be rumors, you know, obviously his family's going to find out everything that happened and he just, you know, had told me like, that's just not your, that's no longer your responsibility. Like we'll be there for him. We're his family. We'll pick him up when he's down because that's what family does, but that he, you know, he's no longer your burden, but that's
0: interesting looking at, you know, we just talked about how that, that person said you need to divorce him. He needs to let you go. And that had great impact. Yeah. And you believe that I can see that. But when he said he's not your responsibility, I don't see that it carried that same impact. No. And so I think something else I want to talk about for women and maybe men too. If you have been the one that's kept the other one on the straight and narrow and made sure everything was done and we're the responsible party and they kind of floated along and blah, blah, blah. We still can feel a great sense of responsibility for their well-being after. For myself, I did too. I made sure that he was getting home from the bar okay. Uh-huh. I still did his Christmas shopping, bought birthday gifts for him. I mean, reminded him of people's birthdays. This is months and years after the divorce, it was five years in. And I finally said, and, and it certainly got less with time, but I'm like, you, you could do it on your own. You could go to the store. You yeah. can shop. And yeah. how did you feel? And how did you deal with that? Yeah. Because you were so used to being the primary one who handled everything. There usually is one in the relationship that does the bills and the blah uh-huh. blah blah. And that
1: was you. How did you handle it after? I mean, there definitely be, there came a point where it was like, I was freed from that responsibility and it felt like a huge weight off of my shoulders. Okay, good. But while you're in it, it's like you still have to be the responsible person to get through the divorce. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like when you do everything and you're basically having to put everything together and I'm doing you know Excel spreadsheets and <laughs> this and that, and this is the banks and this is the cars and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, I had to go into... I almost went into no emotion. Like it's just business and that's how it needs to be. And it was like, I was a real bitch. Like that's the best way I can say it is I just went in and just was like, this is how much we spend on you. This is how much we spend on me. Here's this, here's that. I want this out of my name. I want you to, you know, you need to go get a new phone. This all needs to happen by Sunday at midnight. Like I just went into whatever I could do to get him out because I just knew that it would drag on and on. Because I left to his devices. It left to his devices. And like even the whole like divorce thing was so funny. So when we had this big blowout, whatever, I find out, you know, a couple of days later he gets his referral to you. Um somebody knew somebody that got in divorce and had gone to you. And we had um kind of an already I guess at some point he had said, you know, I'll call, I'll call the mediator. Like he made it very clear that he was going to file for a divorce. And so we met in your office. And I think at that point we had already kind of figured out the big stuff, right? Like who would get the house? What, like what was going to happen to the cars? What was our timeline, whatever. But you know, when it came, I mean, I'm sure you remember when it came pain came time, we had to pay your fee. Right. <laughs> you know, it's on his debit card. Like it's going to work. <laughs> You know, because it's like, okay, he had taken the step to call you and that's all fine. But like, I'm the one that knew all the finances. And so it's like, I had to take out my debit card <laughs> and be like, no, no, I got it. Like, let me pay for it. I'm the one that brought the checkbook or it's always just like little stupid things like that. that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to literally have to do everything for a divorce that I don't want. Right. And that was probably the, the that was a
0: hard pill to swallow and probably swallowing that pill once the divorce was final, made it very easy for you to just let that role go.
1: Yeah. Just
0: because for mine, it was amicable. Um, There was no great act. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't working. And so even though it was a divorce and I was emotional and lost my mind for the first (laughs) few months after it, I still felt like because I made the choice, even though he was fine, men have this great ability to just you tell them that course is changing and they'll just pivot and go that direction. Women, we are such emotional creatures that we can sit in those emotions and we're scared to pivot or we don't pivot. And so he just, you know, turned and kind of started shuffling this way. And I'm thinking, well, you know, you drop this or here, let me take care of that for you, or let me do this. And instead of being more concerned with what I was doing, I have a friend that I've known since I was 13 years old. We won't say how old I am, but it's a long time (laughs) I've known this friend. And he recently reached out to me and said, I'm getting a divorce. And I said, all right, come in. We'll talk about it. This man does not know how to pay a phone bill, Mm -hmm. Where, who even the carrier for his phone is. He doesn't know how to write a check. He doesn't know how to use an ATM card. He owns a business, doesn't know what his business is bringing in, doesn't know how to do payroll, she took care of everything Mm -hmm. and he ended up going back with her because he could not survive in the real world now i hope they're happy i haven't talked to him since he's a really good guy and maybe they were able to work some some things out but to be so dependent on someone else Mm -hmm. that you no longer have the option to divorce in your mind yeah it's just crazy but there's always that one person who in a marriage is responsible for everything. and sure. The other one is blindly trusting that the money's in the account, that yeah. the bills are paid and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so when that's your role, it's really hard to let it go
1: and just be like, they'll figure it out. Yeah. I think that was just like the part of me that like I had to dig down deep and it was kind of like you kind of dug your own grave like yeah like here's all the things I need you to do and best of luck to you like you're kind of booting them you know just be like yeah you know I I, I literally packed up all of his belongings so you did the packing too of course (laughs) of course but I think it was more of just like you know, and maybe, maybe call it a control thing, but it was like, I honestly didn't want him in the house. I didn't want him looking around at things. I didn't want, I mean, right. I literally was like, I will pack up everything that I know to be yours, and I'll even overcompensate on the things that I don't, maybe I don't know if it should be mine or yours, but I packed everything up and left right. it in the garage and was like in a nice, neat little pile. So not only was
0: it you felt like his timeline and yours were different in the way you both approach getting things done but it also helped you because you got to be in in control of that and you were not
1: selfish there was no problem with the division of the no, machine so i was very nice to do that no i was very nice and respectful with all of his things i mean just there was even um i mean i'm sure some people would have like bagged up crap and <laughs> throw oh. it or whatever but no i was like i don't know what what good is that going to do for me See, that's the thing. It's not going to break stuff. I'm going to, like, I took very good care of. There was, like, some some family, you know, there's some pictures and just some other, like, little family, like, memorabilia, I guess you could call it. And it was like, I, you know, bubble wrapped it, put it in a nice box, like, just because it was like that. I would expect somebody else to have done that for me, right? If, If the roles had been reversed, I still would have expected that my stuff would have been treated with respect. You have no idea. How
0: often that is not the case. Yeah, that's like, like it is. You know, people. I have. Don't been, get wrong. I would have liked to have thrown it all. Right. And it rain, makes but... you feel good in the moment. But but it's really how we conduct ourselves oh, yeah. in a divorce that shows who we are. Now, again, I said I I went crazy. I mean, it was difficult, but I never trashed him or his things. Mm-hmm. I never went around and badmouthed him. I've been doing this for thirty years in the family law industry. And people, you know, everything's fine. And the weed whacker becomes this really important item. When nobody's used the weed whacker in 15 years, it's been sitting in the shed. It probably doesn't even work. The string's been missing. But all of a sudden they cannot, they both have to have this freaking weed whacker. Divorce is a business decision and needs to be treated accordingly. But it's the one thing in the world that is such an emotional thing. And we're saying, hey, stop. Check your emotions at the door. Yeah. Let's treat it. I mean, we're asking kind of the impossible. Yeah. So it's no wonder people freak out all the time. And, you know, I've had people not want to give back photographs that are anyone of their family. The hell do you want those for? I mean, it's it's just crazy. But once you got past that and you packaged up and your timeline was not the same in fizz and you got through it and it was easier, it was more of a burden that the responsibility
1: wasn't Yeah, it just was what what are the things can I get rid of, push off, delegate so that he can exit my life in an efficient and timely way? Because, you know, it just the may, you know, it's just like even the mail, just seeing the mail come in his name. Or just you know pictures, and you know it was like that was like that was probably like the first thing I did was take out all of the wedding photos. I was going to say, everything. I think we talked about that. We had a session about I just that. Didn't want, I right. Didn't, it wasn't like I was you know going into denial or anything, but it was like why am I going to sit here full of things that remind me of our wedding or right. of our relationship? So it was like that was like one of the first things I did was to literally took all that down. My house had no. Pictures. Huh? It was pictures for it a was little while. for a long time. The whole
0: world has changed. That chapter is closed. Yeah. So I understand taking them down,
1: and we have to. You have to create a space that's yeah. now yours just, because too, it just has to scream shannon like right it has to just be about like if this is the house that i'm going to continue to live in like i for me to be able to get through that was i had to turn that like the emotion off and be like i have to go like super sterile and right. just like and that was a thing where i just was like get your own phone bill get your you know get off right. i literally i think yeah i think because i had access to everything i like kicked him off car insurance i mean literally everything i was like here you go here's here's everything that I've kicked you off of. Yeah. You needed to really, I really don't care where you go from here. Right. You don't have car insurance as of this day, you know, it just was little things like that and gave him notice and and he's fine.
0: But you had to, because it's, how would you be able to go out in this new part of your life, figure things out as a single person yeah, and then come home, to your marital home with wedding photos, it'd yeah. just be very difficult. Totally. So, and I remember when those came down and I remember the sterile and you took some time to really figure out what you wanted up on those walls yeah. what would make you happy. And that's something, even with smallest pictures, it's really difficult when you go through that to figure out what makes you happy, what yeah. you even like, what you even want to do, because yeah. you've been part of a team or a couple, or it was what you guys wanted, what you guys liked. And then you have all this emotional crap happening, and then you're supposed to figure out, well, gosh, I think I like this, or I really yeah. want to do that. It's, it's a difficult process. But now... This day, your house is full of pictures yeah. and full of new memories, and I think you even went down to the the comforter on the bed and the oh yeah everything.
1: And but but I was very thoughtful about what like when I took the pictures down, I just I put them in a place that I didn't have to look at them. Mm-hmm. we did a big thing with, um, with Christmas, we would exchange ornaments to each other. And I mean, I literally like, it was one of those things where the, the box is actually still up like in the rafters because I'm just not ready or maybe I am now. I'm I actually, I'm fine with doing it now, but it just was one of those things where I, I put the picture somewhere, I kept the ornaments somewhere, you know, until I was ready to deal with it. Right. And so little things like that, where, you know, I just did the name change. It was like, I was ready for it. I love that you waited till you were ready. Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't going to do anything make, rash. People right? Go crazy. And but. see,
0: that's the thing. If you don't have to do anything. No. You know, except the things that you have to do. Yeah. So after the fact, when you're trying to figure out pictures and, and memories and that stuff, you don't have to do anything. No. You can do exactly what you did and tuck that stuff away until you can deal with it. I know that it's not the same, but but divorce and death are similar. Yeah. My mom passed a few years ago, and my sister and I went in and we had to separate her stuff. Yeah, and I brought all of this stuff home, and I mean I, I'm I'm playing adult jenga. There's just no space in the house for it. Yeah, but and even though it's almost been three years, I couldn't do anything till I was ready to do something. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do anything rash. And that's one of the things that we just act on impulse. Yeah. And then usually we regret it later when people come in for divorces or they're talking about, they're just tired and they want the divorce to be over. And so they just don't care what the agreement says they want to sign it. Yeah. I'm like, you can't do that. You need to do it in a way, even though it's painful now and you're tired and I understand, take the time now because six months from now, I don't want you regretting. Or I should have, would have, yes. could have. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest. I mean, but it's hard to see in that moment. I've been there where I'm just so tired of dealing with something. I just want it over at whatever mm-hmm. cost it is. And I think we're so used to emotional gratification, yeah. instant gratification in this world. But I applaud you for taking the time, Shannon's timeline. Yeah. That is just huge.
1: Well, I mean, even going like back to the dating thing, like just finding, you know, that there are a lot of, you know, men who are divorced, And I've asked like several of them, you know, we, if, if we're in a comfortable place in terms of like being able to like have those types of conversations, I've asked them, you know, what did you do with stuff from your wedding or whatever? And, you know, the answers would be very different. It was like, Oh, I I don't know. I just left everything there, (laughs) you know, or, you know, somebody said, you know, I, I kept a, a small box of just a couple of things. And I just kind of put it away until I'm ready to deal with it and you you know or like yeah it's all you know in a bag in my garage I mean it's just like everyone deals with it differently and so but I think that helped for me to figure out right like yeah I have all this stuff that I need to do something with it at some point but I also enlisted the help of some of my friends and I said some of the stuff that's a little bit harder for me to get rid of I just need you to take care of it and I don't want to know what you did I like that. One of the things that I've always loved for
0: you is you've had such a strong group of girlfriends, such a strong totally support amazing. system. And I know that they have helped you tremendously. I mean, there have been other tools and other yeah. things and a lot of work that you've done yourself, but having a support system can be huge. Yes. Our, our support system can lift us up or bring us down. And some people going through this don't have anybody or yeah, um, the other spouse's family was their support system so for them i you know myself a coach uh, a therapist somebody everybody needs somebody yeah but i love that your girlfriends were trusted enough and such a good group of girlfriends that they were able to follow that request and just do it and to this day you probably have never asked them What you do and maybe one day you will but I think it's probably just left your
1: mind altogether totally and I think the until I go bring it up
0: sorry (laughs) (laughs) no but I mean but I think one of the
1: unique pieces that also like helped was that with all of my friends um because I'm from the area um a lot of my friends were our friends so it was like yeah. my my ex did not bring really friends into the relationship which I feel like now should have been a red flag <laughs> I feel like when guys are friends, so easy so to see looking back yes yeah. but um I think it was also like uh an opportunity for me to I mean for all of my friends are still my friends and so there isn't a it wasn't even about picking sides it just was like these are the friends that I've had since I was you know in high school and college and I love that and that's that's a conversation for another day is, is picking
0: sides and, and that kind of thing. But it's no matter where you are in the divorce process, it's difficult, whether you're thinking about the decision and you're struggling with it, whether you've just communicated to your spouse that you wanted that they may or may not be on the same page. It's very rare that two parties are on the same emotional page yeah. during a divorce, whether it's dealing with the aftermath after a divorce. And then even as simple as what do you do with the stuff? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are conversations. Like I said, you had a wonderful support system. You had me. Yeah. I love being a part of your ongoing journey. I'm here for anybody that needs help, but it's difficult. It's difficult at every step and no way is the right way. You just have to conduct yourself the best way that you can and hopefully not regret the decisions that you make or when you lose (laughs) your mind later, Um, but control yourself. Now, the rest of this stuff is nobody's business and do it on your timeline. Unless there's, of course, a legal timeline that you have to meet. But I just want to thank you again for being with me today. And I love our conversations.
1: I know. I I love get, yourself you get yourself
0: a Lori. Oh, thank you for that. I, I, you just make my day every time I see you. The, the And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. But <laughs> do where you so were good. from the day we met to where you are now. It just is inspiring, and it makes me just so happy to be a small little part, and I just adore you, Right, so,
1: thank you. Way bigger part. Than
0: oh, you. <laughs> I thank you for coming here every Wednesday with of me. Course. Maybe next Wednesday yeah. we'll have a more juicier topic, yeah. but for now, we're going to say goodbye. If you are thinking about a divorce, whether you're struggling with the decision, whether you're in a divorce, whether you're post-divorce, post-divorce and just need some help my name is Lori wood i'm a certified mediator certified divorce specialist and i'm here to help give me a call at 916-616-6191 or check out my social media you can contact me there and be kind to yourself go out have a great day and just be kind to yourself